Well, John Schneider, Kevin Barker, your old teammate, picks up a win in his first game as manager of the Toronto Blue Jays tonight, 8-2 to over the Philadelphia Phillies. The lineup, yeah, pretty much looked the same. Home run jacket, it was nice, nicely dry cleaned and hanging up in the dugout by the chimney with care, etc., etc. But, Kevin Barker, there was a different feel to this game for the Toronto Blue Jays, a different feel in John Schneider's first game. It was noticeable before the game, around the cage, and, well, we saw two hit and runs, or hits and run, hit and runs, whatever they're called, Kevin. Give me your <laughs> read on the game. Well, maybe. The, the second one with uh, Lord Scurriel running and, and Espinal hitting with two strikes, I'm not sure that was a hit and run. I just think they wanted to put runner in motion, and, and luckily Espinal stayed behind the baseball and inside out at a, a single through the drawn the, through the infield that was shaded more towards the, uh, up the middle. Yeah, it, look, I, I I'm not sure exactly how to read into this other than I think the starting pitcher for the Blue Jays is really good. He established the fastball early. He was he was mixing in more elevated fastballs. Uh, the breaking ball was very good for him. The changeup's a weapon. Uh, when when he can do the things with the fastball uh, and his takes, if you've noticed, Jeff, are, have gotten a lot better, which means for a hitter it's very hard uh, to take pitches now. Right out of the hand, it's not a ball. It, like it's, it's tunneling till the very last minute. They're very hard takes for a hitter, which he'll get a, little, a few more swing and misses. He gets that umpire into the game. You saw he got some calls normally mm-hmm. that he wouldn't get just because he was a little bit more around the plate and he established that fastball early. Uh, for me, I think that's a little bit more of it. And I do know that John Snyder – uh, he even when I played with him was very aggressive. As, as a catcher, you could tell he's very aggressive behind the plate. Even when I was playing with him, uh, he would he would make certain calls, and he's he's very he's just a very aggressive person by nature. And you saw that he faced a good pitcher tonight. You know, Zach Wheeler has got some nasty stuff. And if you're going to break some stuff, felt like he did in the third inning there with the hit and run with Espinal. Bottom of the order, Chapman walks. You put some runners in motion. You put a good pitcher on the rope. She still a run there. Takes a little pressure off your starting pitcher. Now you can t- you can exhale a little bit. Got the lead. They were tough outs. When's the last time we can say an entire game the Blue Jays lineup was a tough out? Tonight they were. Six runs given up. Six earned runs given up by Zach Wheeler. That is his entirety in terms of earned runs for the month of. May, Kevin Barker, this is a guy who's given up 30 earned runs in total this year uh, coming into tonight. And uh, the Blue Jays touched him up for six runs. You mentioned Ross Stripling. Seven innings pitched, six strikeouts, two runs. Those runs were unearned. Teoscar Hernandez, a couple of home runs. Vladdy, a home run. Bo Bichette, a couple of hits. And a little bit of activity at the bottom of the order, something we've seen in the past this year where the Jays have had success. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. A day full of news for the Toronto Blue Jays. Charlie Montoyo has been relieved of the manager's job, replaced by John Schneider. Casey Candell will join the staff as John Schneider's bench coach. He is not here, or was not here at least. We didn't see him during the game. He uh, is in Des Moines with, was in Des Moines with the AAA 
Buffalo Bisons. He's expected to be here tomorrow. We're also expecting Kevin Gosman to get the start tomorrow for the Toronto Blue Jays. That's been clarified as well. Ross Atkins, John Schneider did their media availabilities before the game. Some of the players were available before the game as well. George Springer spoke at length before the game. Kevin, the sense I got from being down on the field, really more than anything else, is the players, they really wanted it to be a business as usual, a business as usual thing. It was interesting. You know, the players came out for their BP routine in groups. They didn't hang around. You know, once they were done, they went back in. There was a real sort of uh, there was a real sort of focus to uh, to that. And look, uh, I mean, players understand that a manager being fired is a reflection on them. It's a reflection on the front office, as Ross Atkins uh, made very clear today. It was a collaborative failure. Uh, it's a reflection on the front office. It's a reflection on the players as well. But I liked what John Schneider said before the game in his media availability you know, it, it's not the ideal way to get the job obviously but you know what it's the job you've worked for for over 20 years and now that you got it you got to go ahead and do it and i think based on what john schneider said i think we're gonna he's got some ideas i understand that they're you know the involvement of the front office here they're, they're i mean i'm i'm sure that he's still gonna have to listen to your friends the khakis uh, but he does have some ideas. <laughs> I don't think he's going to necessarily empty the. Uh, I don't think he's going to empty the idea chest within the first couple of days. I think he's going to let the players kind of determine a few things here. There's going to be kind of almost this. It's going to be kind of an organic process, I think, up until the All Star break. We're going to see who. You know, ben touched on this in the broadcast really well. We're going to kind of see a little shifting i think in the leadership group a little bit here they're going to be a few more roles to find you're going to see a few cultural things addressed i think john schneider's preference is that the players do it kevin yeah i think so too uh, look you, there, there's probably a reason why this happened when it happened you know they, they knew who they were about to play they they knew what covid was about to happen oh, to the kansas city kansas Royals. city's not going to have 40 uh, percent of their roster yeah to be a minor league team oh. uh, you know, the front office for the Blue Jays is not dumb. They, they know what's going on. They, they know who they're about to face, and they want to get John Snyder off to a good start. And what's the best way to do it than against the minor league team? Like, you know, it, that's that's a perfect way to do it. I'm with you. It's, it's you know, it'll continue to be, and it'll always be about the starting pitching. If they continue to have good starting pitching, they can get Kevin Gosman back, and he's fully healthy and throwing the way he can throw. And, you know, Jose Barrios maybe has turned the corner and he continued to, to gain mechanically and confidence-wise and spinning the baseball way he's, he's capable of spinning it. And Alec Manoa's doing his thing. And, and Ross Atkins goes out and gets him a couple of more arms coming out of the bullpen to solidify that a little bit more. I think that'll allow John to be aggressive offensively. And I think we're seeing that a little bit tonight by the way Bo was running, Lourdes was running, Tapia was running. Right, they were doing something offensively to put pressure on a really good starting pitcher because they knew runs were going to be hard to come by, and I think that will be the thing we'll see the most. But again, it gets back to starting pitching and the pitching that they hand the ball to after the starter comes out of the game. That has to get better. Ross said it today in that availability thing that he was going through, and and the conversations was about all about getting better arms in here, and it will not hurt Jeff if. You know, the the lineup, starting with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., can gain some confidence. And I don't know about you, but tonight for me, he looked just a little bit like under control 
more than he has been. Like, he had a little better approach, and when you have a better approach because he has so much skill offensively, he can do special things. Russ in New Jersey, get us started tonight. You are the first caller of the John Schneider era, I guess. I don't know if we have a prize for that, other than our undying love and respect, which you already had. So I I got nothing to give you, Russ. Thank you, thank you. Good evening. You know, it's always sad to see a guy lose his job. Um, You know, I I always say people think uh, you can argue how many games a manager can win you. But, you know, there, there were four games over 500 because the players hadn't played well. Uh, it wasn't his fault that Kikuchi couldn't, you know, thro- locate the strike zone. But, you know, like you guys said, the manager came out. He, he was running tonight. Um, you know, it's, I, I happen to like Casey Candell. You know, just, just a comment on that. I used to take the Metro, which was the train, the subway, in Montreal when I went to yeah. school there for a few years. And Casey yeah. was always on the subway. And he we used, to, we used to just, like, he would go on. 99% of the people in Montreal didn't know who that was. And mm-hmm. we used to just, like, yeah, we used to, I'd take five, six stops of it. He was a really, really nice guy. One thing about Vladdy, first of all, the home run is the guy hits a one-handed home run, pretty amazing. But there was a stat that stood out to me. And, and I'm going to say, I, I think a lot of the Jays this year, you know, the numbers are definitely down, Vladdy, Bichette. And part of it definitely has to do with they were a little bit inflated last year from the stadiums they played in. Now, Vladdy, crazy, in the month of July, a guy who was such a good eye at the plate, has not walked once this month. Mm-hmm. That's a no, guy I, I, think his last, I think his last walk was on June 28th. Right, and that's a guy who's probably putting a little pressure on himself Looking at the numbers, you know, here's a guy who's in top two, three in every category offensively last year. And, you know, RBI is about eighth or ninth, maybe putting a little pressure. And hopefully the new manager can come in and, you know, maybe a little bit different message. Just get relaxed. The same with Pichette. He gets very frustrated. He doesn't get a hit in a big spot. You know, the numbers are a little bit down. But, you know what, they were basically at this point last year. And they, they, you know, came one game for making a playoff. I, I think they're the most talented team, definitely, of the wild card teams and the teams, you know, battling for the wild card. And, you know, you hate, like I said, you hate to see a guy lose his job, but hopefully maybe this is a wake-up call for the players and hopefully this gets off to something good. Russ, appreciate the call. Yeah, uh, the one thing. You know, to keep in mind, John Schneider has managed Bo and Vladdy at a couple of different levels. He's won with them. Now I know people are saying, Jeff, he's won at the minor league level. But listen, I remember a conversation I had with Mike Soroka very early in his Braves career. And one of the things Mike Soroka said is, I look around this clubhouse, and there's a lot of guys in here that I've played with. You know, there's a lot of guys. We've won a lot of games by blowouts. We've won games close. We've won ugly games. Yet... It, it means something, I think, Kevin, to look around the clubhouse and see guys that you've won with before. Because even if it's at a different level, you've played a season with them and you kind of know what they're about. And I, listen, I, I think, first of all, that's, that's I think, the major reason John Schneider was on the staff to begin with. And I think it's the reason that he was probably their first choice here. Not their, their first choice, but he was the guy to, to replace Charlie Montoyo because – Kevin, you say it all along. It's right. Like we can sit here and analyze uh, the bullpen and what's doing here and what's wrong. If Bo and Vladdy have good games the same time, the Jays are probably going to win that game. 
This to me Most is still it's still about it's still about I'm not short changing anybody. It's still about Bo and Vladdy. It is, and for for me, it's more about Vladdy. You you can just see it's a it's a different vibe, it's a different feel. Even for fans watching the Blue Jays play, whenever Vladdy's doing things, even the sack fly that he had with two strikes, he shortened up his swing. He's got a quieter lower half tonight. His stride looked a little softer. It wasn't jabby on the ground like he was trying to force get out there with the front hip. He was letting the ball travel a little bit more. He didn't take the big giant swing where he was spinning himself in the ground. He just looked like he's a little bit more under control. I'm gonna throw this more off off on Vladdy. I think when you're an elite offensive player like Vladdy, you're having a little bit of a down year. It's up to you to make adjustments. It's up to you. You know, John Snyder or Guillermo Martinez can't walk up to the plate with you. They can't tell mm-hmm. you, be that little person sitting on your shoulder that tells you, Vladdy, don't swing at the breaking ball off the plate away. Don't do that. It's up to him to do that. And tonight you saw that a couple of times. He took it like he knew it was coming. If he can do that and give a few better counts, you'll start to see Vladdy have better productive at bats and he'll help this team go exactly where they want to go and they're just for me anyway a better team to watch more fun to watch when Vladdy's doing his thing 416-870-0590 star 590 1-888-666-0590-590-590 is the text line it is Blue Jays talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker we're here until 1030 the Blue Jays have swept the short two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies, winning 8-2 tonight. Kansas City's coming in for four games. Basically, well, they're, they're basically bringing their AAA team because of the COVID, uh, the Canadian COVID uh, regulations. Uh, no Andrew Benintendi. He's unvaxxed. You can scratch him off the uh, Jays' uh, trade list. Brad Keller, back of the rotation guy, scratch him off. He's unvaxxed. Whit Merrifield, scratch him off. He's unvaxxed. You know, we're, this is going to be the story with the Royals coming in tomorrow, and people are going to kind of look at the lineup and kind of chuckle and say it's a triple-A lineup. But I'll tell you what, Kevin, if the Toronto Blue Jays sweep the Royals in four games and at the end of the year the Jays end up beating Seattle or whoever by half a game or one game for a wild-card spot, uh, there are going to be some pissed-off players in those other teams. If they can point back and say, well, wait a minute, at this critical juncture of the season, the Jay, and I'm not, and this is not the Jays' fault, but the Jays ended up facing the team with a bunch of guys, a bunch of unvaxxed guys. Like there really is a competitive, a competitive issue here. There's nothing anybody can do about it. The rules are the rules, and everybody's playing by it. But it's just, uh, I, I, it would suggest to me that this would be a good time to go on a four-game winning streak. If you're the it's Blue not Jays, hurt. Or I guess it's it'd not, be it's six not games. Hurt. But but if you're the Blue Jays, you don't think about who's not there. You think about going out and doing your job and having competitive at-bats exactly like you had today. And if your starting pitcher can duplicate exactly what Ross Stripling was doing, you know, command the fastball, expand with the secondary pitches, and be good that way and give them a chance to score some runs, they should win at least three out of those four, if not four out of four. Sam and Hamilton. I want to talk about John Schneider, the new Blue Jays manager. You like what you've seen. Yeah, exactly. I've, obviously, I kind of wanted him to be the manager in 2018 when that was kind of hiring, but I understand why they picked Charlie because John didn't have any experience. So they went with a guy with a lot of minor league experience. Um, yeah, first of all, Ross Stripling was incredible today. I kind of feel like he'll get lost in all this. Um, but John Schneider, I think he's going to be the manager to take this team to the next level. No pun intended because the hashtag. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's got good chemistry with Vladdy and Bo, and I think that's most important. You know, when it comes to Charlie, it was he was a great guy, and 
I like kind of liked how he managed the bullpen really much. Sometimes, you know, it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I just felt like, and I think Bo said it best, I just think that his optimism kind of got in the way. And, you know, you need a hard ass sometimes. And I feel like John will do that. Is John will tell Vladdy and Bo that, you know, that isn't going to happen compared to Charlie, where I just feel like Charlie was just happy to be the manager. Yeah, we got one thing we got to be careful of because, uh, you know, I, I've heard that from a couple of people. Uh, Jamie Campbell had an interesting conversation with Kevin Biggio, who played with John Schneider. And he asked, I don't think Jamie would mind me saying this, um, and, and, he, and, he, and he asked Kevin about John Schneider as a manager. Kevin made an interesting point about how one of John's biggest strengths was his ability to deliver a tough message in a way that got through to you and didn't create an issue for you. In other words, it's not like I mean, to say he's a, he knows how to give you bad news. It's, it's almost like he's got a good bedside manner is essentially what I'm saying. You know, here, here's what I need you to do, and there's a way of doing it, especially with young guys. There, there's a way of doing it. There's a way of approaching them where they don't get their backs up. I, I just – Kevin, I, you know, I, I, people out there, I think they look at John Schneider, they go, he's a big guy, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of burly, uh, boy, he's going to be throwing stuff around and slapping guys and doing this. I, I think we need to, I, I think we need to kind of hold off a little bit on that. And one of the things John, John said during his, his news conference is he said, look, I, I still want these guys to have fun. You know, I, I want, I want these guys to enjoy what they're doing. So I don't want the dugout to look, you know, to look like it's a, a glum place. Um, but, I, but I think you're, you're going to see some changes. Ben made a couple of good points in the, on, the, on the, the broadcast tonight. You know, you're going to see, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see guys like Matt Chapman, David Phelps. You're going to see them having maybe a little more say in things. I think a guy like Jordan Romano is going to step up a little bit. Um, it's not that they didn't like Charlie. Everybody liked Charlie. I just think that it was time. I think they need somebody to help them mature a little bit more and and be, yeah, realistic's the, the bad word, but they need somebody who can kind of be a little more realistic with them, I think, than Charlie was. Sometimes I think my oh. sense from talking to guys is Charlie's message was essentially it's going to be okay, you know, and that's not necessarily going to work. Maybe hold people accountable. Again, we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. You know, it's obvious that there was something going on there that players and coaches and and the manager just weren't on all on the same page. And, and when you're well, look, I think a lot of expectations are off the Kevin, charts. I think a lot. Everybody's got to be on the same page. <clears throat> I think a lot of people thought that Charlie threw the pitchers under the bus bus, bus a little too much. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I, I I know there there was conversations about that, and yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I think you say Kikuchi deserved to be thrown under the bus. I sure as hell wouldn't make excuses for you say Kikuchi. But Charlie, towards the end of this, and and you know this gets to be an issue in clubhouses. Like in the media, we love it when a guy calls out players, but you gotta you gotta go about it in a certain way. And I just I just think it was to the point where it's not that they tuned out Charlie, but I just don't think Charlie was having. Kevin, I don't think he was having an impact anymore. I mean, I hate saying that about a manager and a guy, but I just don't think he was having an impact anymore. That's that's the sense I get from 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 hearing these guys talk. Maybe occasionally you just need to shake things up, and I think this is what the organization is trying to do. They they felt like that long term, Charlie's probably not the guy to lead them <clears throat> to exactly where they want to go. And again, I, I say this: when you're a contending team like the Blue Jays are, and you have a young team, especially the players that matter are younger. 
occasionally you need those guys all on the same page. It just seemed to me like, you know, again, I'm not in the clubhouse with them every single day. I just know what I hear and who I talk to and how it looks. And occasionally, to your point about the pitchers felt like they were being thrown under the bus, it was more like, you know, the conversation of uh, we all know they're going to hit, but the pitching needs to step up. Okay, well, they're a team. When one thing's not working, you don't throw everybody under the bus. You you sort of come together and you say, when one part's not working, the other part's got to step it up and do a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I just think the the conversation, the the attitude was just not all there, and maybe they thought they needed to change. And, and I will say that John right now seems like the right guy for the right job. 416-870-0590, star 591 Blue Jays talk Blair and Barker. We're here till 1030. We're going to take a break. If you're holding – we will get to you tonight. I promise we'll get as many calls in as we can. Again, the number is 416 870 star 591 the Blue Jays beat the Philadelphia Phillies tonight in front of 30,853 at the Rogers Center. It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. That's in the air, out to right center field. Springer into the alley along with Hernandez. Calling, Springer takes charge, makes the catch. That retires the side. How about seven fantastic frames turned in by Ross Stripling tonight? Two runs on two hits, and he strikes out six. Dallas Green, Lee Elia, John Schneider, all of them. Major League Managers now from the University of Delaware, Dallas Green, longtime manager, very successful, Lee Ely as well. John Schneider gets a win in his first game as Blue Jays manager, 8-2 to two, as the Jays beat the Philadelphia Phillies. Ross Stripling with a gem, seven innings, six strikeouts, no walks. The two runs he allowed were both unearned. And now the Bet365 standings update. Bet 365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide, 19 plus play responsibly, Ontario only. It was a interesting, or it has been an interesting evening in the American League East. As we sit here right now, the Yankees are at 61 and 26, Tampa Bay is 48 and 40. Boston and Toronto are both 47 and 42. Tampa beat Boston. Tonight, of course, the Jays, you already know, beat the Philadelphia Phillies. The Baltimore Orioles won their ninth consecutive game. They are 44-44. and They beat the Chicago Cubs once again. Once again, every team in the American League East will finish the night at 500 or better. The Yankees currently losing to the Cincinnati Reds. But, Kevin Barker, that is not the big story out of that game. We've talked about how one of the strengths of the Yankees this year was that their starting pitching has stayed healthy. Luis Severino was scratched from the start tonight after throwing his warm-up pitches with right shoulder tightness. He's undergoing an MRI. And, Kevin, the one thing that has not really happened to the Yankees this year, and we've talked about it, is that that really killing, killing, gutting injury. And if this is, you know, this is... This is happening at a time when the Boston Red Sox are getting their they're getting some of their their pitchers back. It's definitely something to monitor. It's something that uh, I know the folks in New York will be looking at the next couple of days because that is one of the strengths of their team that's starting pitching. 
I would certainly assume that Brian Cashman is going to go out and make a splash too. Uh, like, like you again, I, I've said this for you for like the last month. Ha, have the Yankees peaked too early? And and that's the big question here. How can you maintain excellence as long as they're going to try and do it from, you know, like what is it May until the end of the the season, which would be like the last day of October? It, it's almost impossible. So I'm I'm assuming that Brian Cashman will go out and either add another bat. Plus, add maybe another pitcher. Maybe he has to now with no Severino. Do you trust? Uh, do you trust Nestor Cortez? Uh, you know, Jamison Tyon's had some hiccups. Garrett Cole in the playoffs. Like you know, they they got some challenges ahead of them. Tony and Vaughn, you want to talk about the uh, some of the other members of the Jays coaching staff? Yeah, hi guys. Great show as always. Thank you. Tony. Uh, yeah, the the Blue Jays. You know, they got Pete Walker, who you know who who's well-liked, respected, and everybody talks about he's a great pitching coach. Now, the fact remains, he's been here since 2012. Since that point to today, when have the Jays had a premier pitching team, both as starters and closers? I can't recall any, any years where we were so much better than everybody else. Now, there's been a lot of amazing, supposedly amazing prospects coming through, we could say that management, top brass, has brought through the quality people expected, yet we've never had a, an Atlanta Braves type of pitching staff since 2012. I don't think anybody on that pitching coach side is a Dave Duncan in terms of taking pitchers that have been cast off by other teams and turned them into Cy Young winners. Or Well, Robbie teams. Ray won a Cy Young. Yeah, well, a one-off year. So we can't say that well, he's... Pardon me. <laughs> a one-off year. You just finished saying that we haven't had anybody come in here as a cast-off and win a Cy Young Award. You know what? Consistently. You know what I mean? Like a Dave Steep. Uh, these type of players. Now, I might say that's a generation. Dave Steep wasn't talent. a cast-off, was he? No. But I'm saying you, you bring up somebody to be among the, the elite. So, okay, had... what's, your, what's your point about Pete Walker? No, it's not just about Pete Walker. It's about, is it the top brass? Is it yes. the pitching staff? Who has been, let's say, culpable for not delivering excellent pitching to the Jays? You can't win, it seems like, by saying we're just going to hit uh, 50 home runs a year, this player, that player. You need that pitching rotation. Look what's okay, happening. Well, to what well, okay, let's talk about that. How many starting pitchers have the Jays drafted who've turned into good starting pitchers? Well, we got Manoa that seems to be heading that way. Manoa's good, yeah. Name some yeah. others. Name some others. I really can't. All the rest have yeah. not really. Yeah, uh, some of the guys that the front office acquired. Thomas Hatch, see float your boat. Anthony no. Kay. No. Well, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying here is, um, you know, look, there. yeah, I, I will say this. I mean, a lot of people like Pete Walker. Pete Walker has a lot of currency in this organization. He's certainly got a lot of currency with the media. It's got a lot of currency around the game. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, teams like the New York Mets were interested in having them having him interview for their manager's job. Um, but I, I tend to – see, I think we got we, – we, it's not a hockey thing. It's, it's almost like we have this NFL thing here. We look at pitchers, pitching coaches as defensive or offensive coordinators. We look at hitting coaches as offensive coordinators. You can't look that way. I mean, the pitching coach can only – work with the raw material that he has. And he's not, you know, he's he's not the pitching coach of the double-A team or the single-A team. So he's got to work with the guys at this level. And, yeah, not not every pitching coach is 
obviously has a, has a, has a great run of success. But, I, you know, I think by and large, for the most part, I think Pete Walker's done a really good job here as as pitching coach. You know, I mean, he's he doesn't draft and sign the guys. It's 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 not his fault that they've drafted guys, and it's not his fault when the organization trades a Simeon Wood Richardson. I mean, that's not on Pete Walker. So I I just think that when you start when you start talking about a job that a guy has done as a coach, you, you have to look at the at the raw you know at the raw material, and um, you know does Pete does Pete Walker make pitchers better? I think he does. He got Taiwan Walker a crap ton of money. Ask Stephen Matz. He got Stephen Matz a multi-year contract, multi-million dollars. So, you know, what I'm saying is I just, I understand that people out there, and I hear this from a lot of people, Kevin, they say, every time you guys talk about Pete Walker, you're saying he's the best pitching coach in the game and this and that. And, you know, there are other pitching coaches in the game who are, who are, who are pretty good. But, um, yeah. I, I just uh, he can only deal with what he's with what he's got given to him. So, sometimes I think it's a little unfair that every time they bring in a pitcher that's not very good, like you say, Kikuchi, and and the first thing out of people's mouth is, well, he's a project, but Petey will fix him. Uh, the the best I understand, whenever I was in the big leagues, it's not up to the coach to fix you; it's up to the coach to maintain you. That that's not his job is to come in here and and totally overhaul you and figure out ways to do whatever it is that you can do the best at this level. You should already know how to do that. Jeffrey in Ferguson, Ontario. You want to uh, you want to you want to ask whether? Well, I'll let you ask the question. You want to talk about whether or not John Schneider is going to let the players police themselves a little more, or I guess more appropriately, make the play- players police themselves a little more. Greetings, guys. Yeah, I won't uh, waste time asking how you're doing. I know you guys are doing all right. Um, I don't, uh, <clears throat> I think that, uh, I think that Charlie Montoya, obviously this is a rough night for him. He did the best he could. He's, uh, he was a coach in Tampa Bay before he came here. Uh, he did his best during COVID plagued. He was the manager during all the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good manager. I, I enjoyed him and I enjoyed his candidness. Uh, after the game, now what I did what, sometimes what I didn't appreciate after the game or even during the game was how the bullpen was managed. And and uh, I'd like for Barker and yourself to comment on this. Uh, I won't ramble on too long, but when you manage, like Barker said there a day or two ago. Managers don't have a, a ton to do anymore, I guess, really, with with the nine innings that are at play, except when the bullpen comes into play. And that's exactly what's plagued Toronto. Granted, they, they probably made a mistake with Kikuchi, signed him, probably, but he could probably be moved to the bullpen in a way. I mean, you you could utilize him in a good way. Well, you need, you need, you need, he needs to throw strikes. I mean, he's absolutely no good he's as good as boobs in a bull when you have him in the bullpen if he can't throw strikes <laughs> exactly and he can't yeah he can't keep giving up the bombs but uh, uh no but okay uh, so so granted that that aside but really quickly though getting down getting down getting down to the point i re- i really liked when evans used to come out and just kind of you knew you knew when he came out and it could be it was givens yeah okay you could you could go to anybody 
You could you could go to any any manager. But Gibbons used to come out, and it was like, yeah. And he even had that walk when he came, right? It was like he had that walk. Texan walk. He, yeah, he wanted like, like a, you needed. You could hear the Spurs a jingle jangling. You could see the six guns dangling down at the side. Here you've comes had, Gibby walking out. Old bow-legged Gibby walking out. You've it's had, remarkable listen, how exactly. many. You've had your day in the sun, and you've done well. But it's time to go. And remember that time he got thrown out against the Yankees? Yes, he goes, well, it, well, I wasn't throwing enough strikes, so I figured. Yeah, uh, but what, what's your point? You're, you're comparing. But, I mean, I, uh, here's the thing. People forget they wanted John Gibbons fired at least twice in his two tenures. They wanted him fired. Yeah, I had somebody in the elevator today coming up to me saying, boy, it'd be great to get John Gibbons in here. No, it wouldn't. It would be a freaking disaster. If John Gibbons took over this team, it would be a disaster. Um, you know, look at Charlie's. Charlie was Charlie. Charlie, you know, Charlie's cut from a different cloth than than most other managers we we've had here. Kevin, the one thing that I thought about this today, and Gary in Newfoundland, I'll get to you in a few minutes. But you know, I remember having a conversation with Kevin Cash. I don't know, three years ago, Charlie was still on his staff, and we were talking about the Tampa Bay Rays. And this is when kind of this iteration of the Rays started to get real good, Kevin. And one of the things Kevin Cash said is one of the hardest things to do when you've got a young team is, he said, I want these guys to basically turn this into their clubhouse. I, but I don't want it to become a zoo. You don't want Animal House. And, and he talked about the importance of a guy like Kevin Kiermaier. You need an older guy who can kind of roll his eyes and go, well, here come the young guys again. But let the players create their own clubhouse environment. And what kind of disappointed me about Charlie, Charlie came from an organization, and I think the folks here wanted Charlie to impart some of that raised pixie dust over here. Help us create the culture. Help us... Mm -hmm. Turn us into the Tampa Bay Rays with a $170 million payroll. And that didn't happen. You know, the, the, the now granted, this year the Rays are, can be sloppy at times, right? They're not the mm -hmm. best defensive team. But the Jays have net, under Charlie did not become the best version of the Rays. And everything we're led to believe from talking to folks now is, you know, the clubhouse, I don't know if I'd say there were clubhouse issues, but clearly not everything was smooth. So from that point of view I, I you know I think it's uh, I, I think that's one of the things John Don, John Schneider's going to want to do here he's going to figure out a way to let these guys kind of police themselves maybe and take I, I, over I think the team. yeah I think if you have better talent than the other team you're going to beat them most of the time and right now I don't yeah. think the Blue Jays have that that, that if that's Ross Stripling line. gives you another outing like this you're they'll, they'll police themselves They'll well, police winning, themselves. winning winning it's a funny it's funny how whenever your team's winning how good your clubhouse is Funny how that Gary works. in Newfoundland, you've been patient and it's late. How you doing? Are you still there? Oh, Gary, I'm. If you're listen. If you're there, we're here. Does that make okay. sense? If you're there, we're I, there. I no, if you're there, we're about, here. I know you and Kevin uh, uh, talk about maybe making some trades on that. I and mean, Ross Atkins mentioned something today about accountability, and and there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders to bring the people in. If there are some trades that happen. Uh, and I, uh, uh, one thing I look at, the two corner uh, outfielders, 
I disagree. Like my personal belief, I love Teoscar Hernandez and I love Lourdes Guerrero. They're both hot hitters, and Hernandez looked like the silver slugger again tonight that he is capable of that potential that Ross Atkins was talking about. It was there again tonight, and I thought, man, I don't want to lose these guys in a trade. But one, what I'm looking at is the ace, and you mentioned today in your talk today that there could be some trades that we may not even look at. And the ace is out in center field. If you want to bring in a left-handed batter, made a supplement to outfield to bring a Brantley in, the left-handed batter, the center fielder, Springer, as much as we like to see him lead off, he's no Ricky Henderson. He is George Springer. It's all or nothing. And Ricky Henderson was all or something. He got on. He created something. Springer, it's all or nothing. But, uh, you know, when you get a one nothing lead, well, you better have some starting pitching. Maybe yeah. what uh, Atkins needs to look at is some of the National League teams that have some strong pitching to make a trade, and Springer could be a key analyst to that. Uh, oh, you can't. Like uh, the Atlanta only... Braves or New York Mets. Yeah, the only, the only problem with that, Gary, thanks for the call. The only, I mean, George Springer's contract is massive. You you would have a difficult time trading that. You'd have yeah, to eat it. Yeah, and he ain't going anywhere. And and mm-hmm. if there is uh, if there is a trade to be made, and I and listen, I do think, and I think more than ever today, uh, when you, if you're Ross Atkins, and and this is a guy that you have kind of cultivated throughout through the organization, right? You've kind of, you and the organization have kind of molded this guy. You've put him on the major league staff, and now you've turned the team over to him. I, I think the impetus is now even more on Ross to do something. You know, I think the no impetus is, ev- is even more uh, is is on Ross to do something when it comes to the pitching, um, and, and we've we've talked about this, Gary and Kevin. You've, you've talked about it as well. Yeah, they need another left-handed bat. They need more balance. They need more pitching. Um, I, I really do think that they're probably going to focus on getting that pitching first. And it's it's possible that it's possible that a dude like Teoscar or maybe Alejandro Kirk ends up you know ends up being moved for that pitcher. It's it's it, it's it's possible, but. Uh, you know, you you don't. I just don't think you can you can change managers and then, and then not not do anything. And I don't think Ross Atkins is going to do that. As I said, Ross Atkins' history suggests he's going to make moves at the deadline. He's made a lot of moves at the deadline. Well, Ross came on the TV today and called himself out and said he's not done enough. He's going to do something. I mean, he just fired his hand-picked manager today. He's going to do something. Like, I, and and it sounds to me like he's going to have to move money to add money. Now, the the moving money would mean a big leaguer. You, you pick the name that you'd like to pick, but he's going to have to do a little something to make this team better. 8-2. to two. John Schneider is a winner in his first game as Blue Jays manager. The Jays sweep the Phillies. Get out of town, Philadelphia. Kansas City's coming in with a whole bunch of AAA players. Oh, it smells like a four-game sweep, Kevin. It smells like Say a four-game so. sweep. It smells like it. Blair and Barker nope, tomorrow it. from 10 to, New Z- 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Blue Jays talk tomorrow. Have yourself a great night.